0: It is good to be in God's house today, isn't it? To give him thanks and praise for his awesome love and grace. To be able to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ who are leaving what is familiar to them and home and family. And going out for the summer to do missions and share Christ's love with others. It's also good to be in God's house and to hear his word for our life. His word that calls us to be his people. And to live for Him. Last week, we began a new message series that we're doing through the summer from the book of Proverbs. Each week, we're looking at a different uh, uh, theme from Proverbs. Last week, we began the message series by looking at the theme of pursuing wisdom and how, when you and I live life, God wants us to live wisely and how we can gain great benefits from living God's way rather than our own, rather than the world's way. We talked about ways to pursue wisdom, ways in which we can get God's wisdom into our life. And it really was uh, a a message that kind of set the stage for the entire series. And so if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to go on the website and uh, download that or call the office and uh, we'll put in your hands for a dollar. uh, The uh, messages, Uh, we can do that every week, by the way, just so you're aware of that. Uh, It's not that we're making money. We're just trying to cover the cost of the CD, But, uh, but you can call the office and get a CD of that. That message you can download it and uh, and hear uh, the message that, that set the stage for what we're going to do for these 13 weeks another way in which uh, we want to uh, help us through the summer to be able to grow is in our worship guides if you open those and uh, pull out the message notes for this morning you can follow along with those you can fill in the blanks as we go through the message but also as you do that if it hasn't fallen out of your worship guide you'll see this little card that has the graphics from our series through the summer And on the front of it are some verses and what we're going to do is each week we're going to put one of these little cards in the worship guide and you can have it. It will have uh, um, the scripture from the theme of that week and then on the back some application questions for us to ponder. We want to encourage you to take this little business type card home, put it in your pocket, look at it through the week, maybe put it on the mirror in your bathroom so you can read the scriptures and think about the questions as you're getting ready for the day. Maybe put it on the dashboard of your car or on your desk at work, whatever will work for you so that you can be reminded through the week of what it is that we're studying each Sunday and, uh, and allow then the scriptures and the application of this to uh, get into our lives. Well, today, the uh, theme that we're looking at is uh, speaking words of truth, always being truthful, no matter what it is that we say. And I think this is a great word for us to hear today because of the culture in which we live. Uh, it is a culture where I, I think truth-telling uh, has uh, been set aside uh, by many in our culture. And and uh, in fact, this was uh, brought to light way back uh, as early as 1991 anyway, when James Patterson and Peter Kim authored a book that was titled The Day America Told the Truth. And since then, there have been several editions of this book that have been printed. And, and in the book, uh, the authors surveyed a whole group of people. And of the people surveyed, the authors found these results. They found that, that 91% of those folks lie about trivial matters in their life. 36% lie about important matters. regularly lie to their parents. 75% regularly lie to their friends. 73% regularly lie to their siblings. And of the people surveyed, 69% regularly lie to their spouses. Staggering statistics. And perhaps even more significant than these statistics is that the study revealed that that people in our culture don't seem to be bothered by that anymore. Uh, People don't seem to care about whether people lie. I I mean, our culture seems to accept it. It it doesn't bother us. We don't get upset when people exaggerate or falsify uh, information or fabricate or misrepresent the truth. Uh, In fact, it seems like we're pretty much living in a culture that's given up on, on us ever being told The truth, I mean, look at it, you know, it becomes normal now for people not to admit that they lied or they didn't tell the truth, but what's the common word today? I misspoke, right? (laughs) And we seem to accept that kind of stuff. And why is it that people don't tell the truth? Why is it that people lie? Well, sometimes we lie to get ourselves out of trouble. We know that we've done something wrong. We know there are going to be consequences to that. So to avoid those consequences, we don't tell the truth. Other people will lie in order to make money. I mean, it kind of becomes a joke, doesn't it, about the used car salesman who, uh, you know, is notorious for his dishonesty, and not all are. Believe me, we have used car salesmen here in the congregation, and many of them are very honest. Or all of them, I'm hoping, in the congregation are honest, but, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of them out there that aren't, okay? And, and it kind of becomes a joke. We don't expect them to be honest. Uh, some people lie for revenge, There are people who will purposely tell something false about someone else in order to wreck their reputation or put them down. I mean, it it seems like in our culture you hate someone, no problem. Just spread a rumor about them. And, And that's been going on for years, for thousands of years. Even the Pharisees did that to Jesus a couple thousand years ago. Other people will lie in order to cover up another lie. Some people become pathological about it. In fact, at the end of the first service, a couple of people came up and we talked about how, how we at times even will teach our kids to lie by saying things to them that, you know, when they're little and we kind of want to get their minds off of what something that they want. And so, oh, we'll get to that later. You know, we have no intention of doing that. Uh, we teach our kids sometimes at an early age to, to not tell the truth. And, and some people just learn to lie and they, 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 they don't speak truth so much in their life that, that it just becomes pathological to them. They, they live in a fake world. Other people don't tell the truth because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Uh, this week, as I was preparing for this message, I heard a somewhat humorous story about a guy who went to Europe on vacation. And a couple of days after he left, he called home to check in with his brother. And, and he says, hey, how's my cat? You know, this guy loved his cat. And the brother answered. He said, well, you're sorry to tell you, your cat is dead. Okay. And the guy says to him, you know, you could have told me that in a different way. I mean, you I, I feel hurt and devastated by this. I mean, you could have prepared me for this. You could have said, you know, for instance, your cat's up on the roof. And, and then tomorrow when I called, you could have said, hey, the fire department came to get your cat down and they dropped it and now it's at the vet. And, and then the next day I could have called and, and you would have said to me, hey, you know, The vet couldn't save your cat and they peacefully put it down. If you'd done that, you'd have prepared me for this. You wouldn't have hurt my feelings. And then the guy asked his brother, how's great grandmother? To which his brother replied, she's on the roof. (laughs) 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 Hey, there is always, isn't there an appropriate way to say things that must be said? But to lie to protect someone's feelings is not justifiable. There's no such thing as a little white lie, as though lying is okay in some situations. And as far back as the Ten Commandments, God says in, in number nine of the ten, no more lying. It's got to stop. You see, God knew that way back then, marriages and families can't be developed and, and, and friendships can't be sustained and, and business dealings fall apart and, and churches are weakened when there's not a radical commitment to speaking truth. All through the scriptures, you and I are called to, to this standard of telling the truth, especially In this book of proverbs that we are studying on sunday mornings throughout the summer In fact, listen to what the writer of proverbs says about lying and as we see some of these verses Note how subtly and how diplomatically he starts us out I mean, we'd never know by what he says how strong his feelings are about it, right? Look at proverbs 6 verse 12 a good for nothing scoundrel he says Is a person who has a dishonest mouth? Now, if you think he's telling us how he really feels, wait till a few chapters later. He's really going to tell us then. I mean, this this verse here in Proverbs 6, he's just warming up. He's just throwing a few practice pitches. Look at Proverbs 10, verse 31. The mouth of a righteous person increases wisdom, but a devious tongue will be cut out. He's saying, oh, we can help a person with a lying problem. Get the scalpel. We'll take care of that issue once and for all. Folks, he, the writer of Proverbs obviously is overstating the case, but, but he's doing so because he is really motivated to stop all the lying. And we see that in a whole bunch of verses here in the book of Proverbs. And why is he motivated toward that end? Well, because he knows how devastating lying can be. He knows, for example, that lying is devastating to our relationship with God. Look at Proverbs twelve twenty two. The Bible says, "...the Lord detests lying lips." But he delights in men or people who are truthful. I like the uh, God's word translation of this verse. It says lips that lie are disgusting to the Lord, but honest people are his delight. You know, you and I can search the whole Bible through and we're going to be hard pressed to find language that's much stronger than this. I I mean, there are a lot of forms of conduct and behavior that the Bible says, hey, you've got to leave this way of living and move on to this way of living and honor God in that. But but only rarely does the writers of Scripture say that some form of conduct is disgusting to the Lord. And he says right here that lips that lie are disgusting to the Lord. In other words, it turns the stomach of God. You and I want to wreck our relationship with God? Tell lies. It's an easy way to do it, he says. And then he goes on and he talks about another devastating consequence to lying. And that is that lying is devastating to, to one's relationship with others. Proverbs 15, 4 says, The tongue that brings healing is a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. In other words, lying breaks the hearts and the spirits of people. You know, on a pretty regular basis, I see this in my ministry as I, I rub shoulders with people who, whose hearts have been broken by, by someone's broken promise. Through the years of ministry, I've heard way more than I wished to hear. The words they promised to be faithful. As a devastated spouse has found out that their husband or their wife wasn't faithful. Or he or she promised to stay in the marriage till death does us part. As said many a wounded spouse who's been served divorce papers. Or, or he said that he would never come home drunk again. The cry of a kid that, that was reeling from the sense of being betrayed yet again by the dad. Who said they would stay sober. Or recently the worker who said to me... My boss said he would pay me. I did this work for this guy on a contract basis. He said he would pay me. And I finished the job. And now he's telling me there's no money to pay me. How am I going to pay my bills and feed my family? And on and on it goes. The proverb says that a deceitful tongue breaks the spirit. And not only does lying... We're not telling the truth, break the spirit of a person who is lied to. It also harms those of us who, who the words come out of our mouth. I mean, for example, let me ask you a question this morning. I'm not looking for a show of hands, okay? So you don't need to be that honest with me today. But be at least honest within yourself and, and answer this question. Have you told any lies lately? I mean, as I say that, don't lie now. I mean, we're right in the middle on a, serv- on a sermon on honesty, okay? So, but, but have you told any lies lately? And what flavor were they? Because lying comes in all kinds of flavors. There's a little half-truth flavor where we sometimes don't even realize we know we're doing it. Or, or there's that exaggeration. This is one I struggle with at times. Uh, I mean, have you ever exaggerated the truth? Have you ever taken a story and put some spin on it that, that's uh, you know, making it bigger than what it really is so you draw attention to yourself or you make yourself look good in other people's eyes? The, the Bible would say to us, that's a form of deceit. That's a form of lying. Or have you ever gotten into trouble because of something you've done and to get out of the consequences, you lie. You, I mean, you just tell a, a flat out whopper. Folks, there are all kinds of ways to lie. And, and if you've lied recently, do you remember how you felt when you did? I mean, it's real interesting that most of us, at least if our conscience hasn't been seared completely by, by being people who've lied so much that it just becomes natural, if our consciences aren't seared, most of us, when we tell a lie, get that, that queasy feeling in the pit of our stomach or, or we begin to feel a little bit of heat on the back of our neck. But the most awkward part of the whole thing is, is what is it that we do with our eyes, huh? I mean, do we look the person right straight in the eye and lie to them? I mean, if we do, man, that's industrial strength stuff. That's brazen. But most of us don't want to do that. We know what we're doing. And so, you know, our eyes shift focus and go round and round and, and down to the floor. But whatever way it happens, what we learn over time is it not telling the truth is messy business. Because it harms the person, it harms the spirit of those of us who lie and and those who are lied to, and it wrecks our relationship with God and with others. It's messy business. And you and I know that, don't we? And why is it messy business? Well, it's messy business because you see... uh, uh, we are created in the image of a truth-telling God. At the very core of who God is, there is this quality in His being of purity and holiness. And, and, and there's this holiness factor that makes God incapable of telling a lie. I mean, it's just not in Him. There's nothing that God you know, would do that would tell a lie. And, and because you and I are made in His image, When we walk with him, especially as his people, it's pretty awkward, isn't it? It becomes unnatural. I mean, all kinds of whistles go off in our head when we do that. And there's this queasiness in our stomachs. And why is that? It's because we're made in the image of a truth-telling God and we are called and intended to live in the steps of Jesus Christ who was a truth-teller. And so really there's only one course of action, right, for those of us to take in the final analysis if we want to live in the way that God calls us to live here in Proverbs and we want to live a life that is lived wisely, it means we cannot rest until we fully deal with this issue in our life, until we fully purpose in our life that with the help of God we will only speak the truth. No more half-truths, no more exaggerations, no more flat-out lies, no more verbal twisting of reality, just the truth. Because friends, when that is how you and I live our life and that is how we speak, what it does is it facilitates a growing relationship with God and it facilitates a growing and improving relationship with others. It will improve our relating patterns as it will contribute to helping our relationships in life work. And it'll help make life work And so we've got to get clear in our minds that we've got to deal with this issue in our lives and that from this day forward, with God's help, we will speak the truth and nothing but the truth. Now, Now... I don't know about you, but I know for me today, I, I, I am motivated to take these steps. I've been studying this stuff and God has been speaking into my heart and life. And maybe as, as I've shared this with you this morning, he's been speaking into your heart and life. And for those of us who are willing to take these kinds of steps that we need to take to become total truth tellers as we live our life, there's some good news because the writer of Proverbs doesn't say that, you know, just say, hey, stop lying. But he gives us a lot of good practical application that gives us some good steps that we can take on this journey out of deceitfulness into a life of truth-telling. And if you're following along in the message notes and you want to fill in the blanks, let's look at a few pieces of advice that, that the writer of Proverbs gives to us today. And, and the first uh, piece of advice he gives is for us to consider our words before we speak. Consider our words before we speak. If you're filling in the blanks there, put in that word, Speak. Proverbs fifteen twenty eight. it says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. I like the God's Word translation of this verse. It says, The heart of the righteous person, what? Carefully considers how to answer. But the mouths of wicked people just pour out a flood of evil things. As we hear this verse, let me ask us a question this morning. At the end of the day, who is going to make more progress in this endeavor to be truth-tellers? The person who carefully monitors our words before they come out of our mouth, or the gusher who just kind of says whatever it is that comes to our thoughts. Well, I think we all know the answer to that, right? And the writer of Proverbs is saying we don't have to express every thought that comes to our mind. In fact, we would do a lot better, he says, with truth-telling and with controlling our tongue if we would think first before we speak. If we would pause and consider how to answer before the words come out of our mouth. You know, most of us have personal computers today, and I don't know about you, but I have a spell check uh, function on my computer that corrects my spelling mistakes as I'm typing. And what the writer of Proverbs is saying to you and to me today is that you and I need to have in our minds, in our spirits, this truth-telling check, this, this lie check that goes on within us, this, this little mechanism in our brain or in our hearts, in our spirit, that the Spirit of God can put into us when we're living life for Him and we're asking Him to be the Lord of our life. And, and, and out of that, ask two questions that we put there in the message notes. One, are, are my forthcoming words necessary? Because if they're not necessary, why say them? And then the second question to ask is, are the words I'm about to say true? Are the words I'm about to say true? And I've got to say to us uh, that if we go through these little checks in our spirit, we're going to do a lot better at being someone who speaks the truth. The writer of Proverbs is saying to us today, consider our words before we speak. And then there's a second piece of counsel that the writer of Proverbs would offer us in his attempt to have us become truth tellers. And and that is for us to be willing to tell the truth no matter the cost. Even if the cost is high, put in that word high there in that blank. You see, what happens in your life and mine is that some of us shrink back at times from telling the truth. And if we're we're really honest about why that is, we realize that we do that sometimes because it's going to cost us something to tell the truth. For example, maybe we've messed up and we know that we're going to be in trouble. There are going to be consequences as a result of what we've done. And and, and so rather than admit our guilt, we don't tell the truth. I remember learning this lesson big time when I was a kid. I was uh, about four or five years old at the time and I was outside playing fireman. And I was throwing dirt on the porch, you know, this imaginary fire that was on the porch and getting the hose out. Man, did I create a mess. (laughs) and when i got when my dad got home that night, he looked at the porch and he said, "What happened here, and who did that and uh you know, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, you know rut roll, I-, I am in huge trouble, and so I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know you know that answer that kids give and uh and you know." I was four or five years old. I didn't think things through because realistically I was the only person that would have done something like that. I should have known better, you know. But but I kept lying. I kept, you know, saying no, I didn't do it until finally my dad was able to get me to speak the truth. And I got to tell you, I learned a lesson that day, a big time lesson. It's a lot better to tell the truth. The consequences are a lot less severe than when you lie after you've messed up. But you know what God's Word is saying to us is that we may face tough consequences. But always be a truth teller. I've told my kids many times that the 12 words that they can say in order to be a wise person as they live their life is, I was wrong, I am sorry, please forgive me, I love you. And God is saying to you and to me today that no matter what it is we've done, if we want to be people of integrity and we want to experience His blessing, we've got to be willing to face up to those things, admit the consequences. Now, so far, we've seen this morning what God's Word says to us about telling the truth when we're asked a question or not exaggerating, uh, not lying in these ways. I want to, for the rest of the message now, turn our focus to another aspect of what it means to be a truth-telling person and what it means to to always speak words of truth. And, And the area that I want to turn our focus to now is in regard to our relationships with others. Because quite honestly, I know within myself, and if you're honest, you probably admit within yourself as well, that, that a lot of us shrink back sometimes from telling the truth with others because uh, we're afraid that the cost could be so high to do that, especially in those times in life where maybe we're in conflict with others. Maybe they've done something to hurt us. Maybe we've done something to hurt them. And, and we know that the, the cost of dealing with that is going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be high. And so we shrink back from. Or maybe we're in relationship with someone and there are issues going on in their lives and we know that God is calling us to speak truth into their life, but but we shrink back from that as well. And what God's word is saying to us is that whether we are in a situation of conflict with others and we don't deal with that, maybe we say, all oh, things are fine. I don't know about you. Ever have somebody hurt you and they come up to you and say, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, you know. <laughs> put on the mask, don't really tell them how we really feel. God is saying that's deceit. That's a form of lying. And it weakens our relationship with that person because we've not been honest with them. We've not reconciled. We've not dealt with the issue that's come between us. Or that other scenario that I've already mentioned. Maybe someone has done something that is hurtful to themselves and to others, and we've seen it, and we know that God wants us to speak truth into their life, and we don't because it creates this discomfort within us. We're afraid that if we do, that person might reject us and walk away from our relationship. And what God's Word is saying to you and to me today is whether there's conflict that we have with another person or there's an issue in someone's life that, that God is calling us to speak truth into, God calls us to be a truth teller rather than a conflict avoider. Now, I know I can be a conflict avoider. Maybe some of you kind of go, you are? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some of you know me. But really, truthfully, in my life, I, I, I hate that stuff. Because the ripples that it creates in the pond of my life. I mean, I got to tell you, I love smooth sailing and tranquility when it comes to the seas of my life relationally. My past has shaped me to want people to like me. I want my relationship waters to be smooth. So my inclination is to avoid conflict. And I think that is a lot of our inclinations. But folks, what God's word is saying to us today is that does not bring us to having healthy, growing relationships. And so God's Word teaches us throughout His Word that that when you and I get into the midst of conflict, what we want to attempt to be is a non-anxious presence in the midst of the conflict. Even if inside we are in turmoil because of what's going on, we want to be a non-anxious presence in the midst of that. And we want to then define the issue with people and work through those issues and define good, healthy boundaries. And then after having done that, we move toward that person to build relationship. It's part of what Paul is saying in Romans 12, 18, when he says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on us, live at peace with everyone. What he's saying is be a non-anxious presence in the midst of conflict, define the issues, work through them. And if that person is willing to reconcile and resolve those, we've gained a brother and a sister. If not, we have to then leave them into the hands of God. And I know this isn't easy. It is not an easy thing to do. And sometimes when we do that, it it doesn't work. People reject that. But God still calls us to be a truth teller in the midst of it and seek to work through those relationships. And then there's those other scenarios where where at times in life we see someone who has done something and, and it's wrecking their relationships. And we know that God is calling us to speak truth into their life. But we're afraid to do it because we're concerned that the person might get mad and walk away from us give you a couple examples of this for example i have some friends of mine some friends of mine who are slowly destroying their lives and their relationships with their behavior and what they're doing is destructive to the emotional and spiritual well-being of their own lives and their relationship and their family and it's stuff that god speaks really clearly about in his word And they're caving into going the world's way and rejecting God's way of living life. And and, and you know, a while ago one time I was summoned, uh, I summoned the courage to finally speak truth into their life. And when they did, they got really, really mad. Makes it pretty difficult, doesn't it, to share truth with them again? But if I really love them and I want God's best for them, I've got to be willing to pay the price. Another example is that I have a friend of mine whose relational style is very controlling. And that friend of mine is slowly wrecking their children with their controlling, dominant, volatile nature. It's hurting their marriage. Their marriage is deteriorating. Their, his, their, their relationship with their children is deteriorating. I mean, the, the spouse and the kids are, are, are putting up a wall. They're, they're drifting further apart relationally. And recently I shared God's truth with them in a gentle way. And they didn't like it very much. And their response was tough to take. I got to tell you, we all shrink back, don't we, from this stuff. It is hard to do. Or another example, there are some friends that I have in my life who I've known for years and I love them. I really like them a lot. And, 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 and we can talk about any conversation under the sun. But over the years, I've shied away from one of the most important conversations that I need to have with them in all of life, the conversation about their relationship with God, the conversation with them about how much God loves them and how heaven's door is swung open to them and and that through what Christ has done for them on the cross, if they would just walk toward faith in Jesus Christ, He would forgive them of their sins and give them a whole new life. And I think, what's the matter with me that I haven't spoken with them about Jesus? Well, they're really resistant to things of the Christian faith. And I know if I talk with them, it's going to create ripples in the ponds of our relationship. It's going to create problems between us. Proverbs encourages us to speak truth and to not shrink from that. Look at Proverbs 3, verse 3. The writer of Proverbs says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. What's the writer of Proverbs saying? He's saying that, hey, if we're going to grow in our character and we're going to grow to become the people that God wants us to become, then we've got to be willing to speak truth in this world and to people, no matter what the cost, to not shrink back from that truth. But in other words, to remind us of being truth-tellers in our world, hang that necklace around us. In other words, it's an image of what the Old Testament people would do long ago when they would put phylacteries with scriptures on their forehead to remind them of the Word or, or put it on their wrist. The writer of Proverbs is saying, put those reminders in front of us to not shrink back from being people who speak the truth. Seal it on our hearts. He's trying to motivate us, you see, to to leave that avoidance pattern behind and speak truth. Why? Because the writer of Proverbs knows that we have no idea how God might use those words we speak into a person's life to redirect their life toward him. We have no idea how when it comes to dealing with conflict in our relationships with others, how much is at stake and how God can use that reconciled relationship. You know, as I look over the course of my life, I see that my whole life's direction at a few pivotal points was altered because someone had the truth and the courage, or the courage to speak truth into my life. Not out of a, a legalistic concern for me where they were trying to manipulate me or control me. Not out of a, a way where, where they were, had this you know, personal agenda that they had for how I should live my life. But truly out of love for me. Where they were caring for my heart. And where they were sharing truth with me instead of just trying to keep the peace. Peace. They were people who probed and who pushed just a little. And, 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 and you know, I got to say, I shudder to think of the kind of person I would be today if those folks had been more into peacekeeping than truth telling. But the key to how they approached me and spoke truth into my life is the third piece of advice that we see in Proverbs That we want to end with this morning. And that is that that as we speak truth into people's lives. We want to speak it in love. Put that word love there in that blank. And you see what the writer of Proverbs is saying. Is that yes we need to be truth tellers. Yes we need to deal with people truthfully. When there's conflict in our relationship. Or we see stuff going on in people's lives. That isn't healthy. But as we do it. We want to always do it with love. We want to do it with a heart. That cares for the other person. And not with some agenda that we have well together the writer of proverbs says truth with kindness in other words as ephesians four fifteen says speak the truth in love what he's saying is on the one hand we can simply be truth tellers who genuinely care uh, about someone and speak truth into their life but but if we do that and we don't do that with love we're we're going to damage that other person it's going to be deadly to the relationship And on the other hand, he says, some people are total conflict avoiders and and they're going to uh, want to just gush love into other people's lives. And and while that's great, it's great to encourage people. If that's how we live our life in relationship with others, we're just simply going to leave a a trail of warm fuzzies following behind us all through our life. The writer of Proverbs is saying to you and to me today that if we're going to live wisely in relationship with others, we need to speak the truth. But to not be a bull in the china closet. But to speak that truth with love. With grace. With kindness. A number of years ago. Vanessa and I went through some really hard stuff in one of the churches where we served. It was a dysfunctional church. It was a church where they had a history of spray painting the cars of pastors who they didn't like. It was that dysfunctional. And uh, while our car wasn't spray-painted, the pastors before us had their car spray-painted. We were receiving hate mail and we were receiving phone calls in the middle of the night from pretty irate parishioners. And I got to say to you, for a while I responded well. But, you know, after a while, you know, those of you that know that I wrestle with anger, you can imagine what some of my responses were at times. I remember back, this was some 20 years ago now, a good friend of mine, Mark Frauman. It was a guy I grew up with. We were family friends and he happened to live in that community where we pastored and he began coming to that church and, and, and he knew what was going on. And, and, and after watching how I had at times responded very unwisely, he approached me. And you know what he said? He said, David, you know I love you. You and I have known each other for a long time. And you know that I love you. And for the most part, uh, I am really proud of, of the healthy way emotionally you are dealing with this stuff. But i got to tell you, I'm seeing something in you that's a pattern that I'm really concerned about. Can we, can we talk about it? Can I give you some observations on what you're doing? And you know, I'm willing to get together with you on a regular basis. We'll talk it through. I'll work with you, pray with you hang in there with you as long as it takes to deal with this issue in your life? What's what's not to respect about that? I mean, what was I going to do? Put up my fist and say, Mark, I'm really mad. Let's fight about this, you know? No. He was saying, I love you. I care for you. But I see something in you that's a truth you need to discern. And I will pray with you. I will walk with you. I will be patient with you. And I will help you. And he did. For six months, we met together weekly. And God used Mark to help peel the layers of that issue back in my life. Like peeling an onion. Until I had really dealt with what was going on within me. Friends, I'm thankful for him. And I hope you are thankful for the people in your lives who are willing to do that for you. And I hope that over time, you will be willing to do that for others. That rather than being a conflict avoidance person, we will move into the conflicts we have with others. Or when we discern things in other people's lives that God is calling us to speak truth into, that we will do so with truth. And with love. Before we close, I want to call your attention to the screen behind me or there in the message notes, and there I've placed at the at the end of the notes this love truth continuum. And and as we close today, I want us to take a moment to just simply think about where we are on this continuum. Are we a person who has no problem speaking truth into people's lives, but we do so with a sharp edge and and we damage relationships as a result? Or are we people who are on the other end of things, who who are are people of love and we gush love and and all we're doing is leaving a trail of warm fuzzies and God isn't really using us to impact people's lives in the way that He calls us to. I know it's hard to to find that balance, but I want to encourage you and me today to to think about where we are on this continuum. To consider our own lives and, and ask ourselves, where is it that we would put the X. Because God's Word is calling you and me today in the Proverbs to be people who are truth-tellers in how we live our life. To be people who will always speak the truth no matter the consequences to us if we've done something wrong, who won't exaggerate, but who also in relationship with others will speak truth in love. Because if we do, God will use us to impact others with His love and with His grace. Let's pray together. Oh God, we we pray to you today, the one who knows us, who knows all of our webs of deception and broken commitments and lies. And the one who knows the wounds from our past that keeps us from enjoying growing and dynamic relationships with others where we can speak the truth and love to one another and help each other to live a godly life. And yet, Lord, in the midst of our brokenness and our frailty as human beings, you have an almost irrational kind of love for us. And so we stand in awe and thanks to You for Your love and for what Your Son Jesus Christ has done on the cross to pay the price of our sin. We thank You that the door of heaven has been swung open to all of us who will receive Your forgiveness of our sin by believing in, believing in Christ and receiving forgiveness and healing. God, we pray today that all of us who have walked through that door of salvation would be willing to deal with any issues in our life, our past and our present, that keep us from living this life you've called us to live as your people. And Lord, as we take this message home and these notes and this little card, and we reflect and we pray where we are on the love-truth continuum, where we are in regards to the speaking of truth in our lives each day. We pray that You would do a work in us and that we as Your people and this as Your church would become known as a people in a church who delight in speaking the truth to one another in love so that we can become the people You've called us to be and be a witness to the world of what it means to have experienced Your grace and the transforming power of your Holy Spirit within us. God, we pray for this today. In your name. In your name and through the power of your Holy Spirit. And everyone who desires this for their life and agrees with this prayer says in agreement. Amen.